But uh, I always pray, God, you know, say, Lord, I pray to you. I'm going to speak in tongue with the people, but please let the Holy Spirit be my interpreter. And this morning, <clears throat> you might find, you know, the Holy Spirit will speak to you and explain you clearly what I'm going to say, what the Lord uh, put in my heart, and to speak to you from the Gospel of Mark. And that's uh, Pastor James, you know, which several message already, and uh, in the first chapter, and we're still in the first chapter, and we got uh, Pastor Tom, which in the book of God, uh, Mark also, and then even that, we're not moving yet. That's mean there is many, there's many things in there for us, you know, to see. That's why we call it good news. You know, there's good news in it. <clears throat> and, uh, I'm going to invite you to open your Bible with me. You know, I'm apologize. We're not going to have, you know, a PowerPoint. We're going to be uh, in uh, uh, just ears and in eyes in the Bible. Mark uh, chapter 1, uh, verse 40. And we're going to read verse 40 to... Uh, Verse 45, and we're going to jump into chapter 2, and then from verse 1 to verse 12. I'm going to read it part after part. I'm going to start on 40. A man with leprosy came to, to him, that means came to Jesus, and begged him on his knees. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Feel with compassion. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. Say, I am willing. He said, be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him and he was uncured. Jesus sent him away once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone. But go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commended for your, for your cleansing as a testimony for them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the, the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stay outside in lonely places. Yet, the people still came to him from everywhere. Two, chapter 2 now. A few days later, when Jesus again entered the Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, no even outside the door, and, they, and he preached the word to them. Some men come bringing 
to him a paralytic carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening on the roof above Jesus. And after digging through, through it, lowered the mat, the, mat the, paralyzed, the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic son, Your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He, he's blaspheming. Who can forgive our sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that, he, that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking those things? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven. Or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority to, on earth to forgive sins. He said to the, he said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out the, in full view of them all. The paralytic, the, the, this amazed everyone in their praise God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. Amen. Father God, Your word is true. Your word is life. Your word, O Lord, is good. We ask you, Father God, for your power. We ask you, Lord, for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Be, Lord, upon this word that you're going to deliver, Lord, to us as your servant. And Lord, whoever here today, Lord, with any situation, with any circumstances, with any problem, even those who not even know who you really are, Jesus, they will find, Lord, the answer for their situation. Father, we bless you, we thank you, and we are, Lord, in your presence and waiting for you. In Jesus' name, amen. In the book of, of uh, Acts, we see, you know, where Pastor Jim, you know, laying, you know, all the foundation of what happening between, you know, Paul, Mark, and, uh, you know, Barnabas. You know, there was something that's happening, you know. But Mark, I'm not going to talk too much about it because... You know, Pastor Jim already, you know, say a lot of things about that on the last past maybe five messages or six messages we heard about it already. 
But the one thing, you know, that's coming in my mind as I'm preparing this message is uh, there's three things. One is, you know, about uh, three specific moments in life and the journey of anyone who got relationship with others. The number one is the beginning of the relationship. The beginning always exciting. You know, always, you know, feel great joy. Oh, things are fabulous. You know? But uh, that's what happened when Paul and Mark, when they met to go to mission trip with the agreement to go together. They were excited because, you know, they are together to carry the kingdom of God to the world. But, you know, in the midst of the, world, of the, of the journey, the temptation comes. It's just like when you are in a marriage, you know, relationship. You know, a lot of time, you know, things come and boom, you don't know exactly where that comes from. It just shows up. That's the temptation. And then they start, you know, got a point, um, you know, uh, Mark said, you know, I can't go anymore, I'm just coming back home. And then Paul, there's a time for them to come together again to, to come back to the, to the work of the Lord. And then Paul said, no, you know, you left, me, you, you left me on the halfway of the world. I'm not going with you anymore. You know, and Barnabas pleaded Paul. He asked, begging Paul to receive him. Let him go with us. And then Paul refused to go with him again. He did give him a chance. But you know, even though God is still walking, Barnabas, as a great encourager, he didn't let Mark go in by himself. He took the word with Mark. And then Paul and Silas, and they take another word. But that's not mean they're not walking. Everybody's still walking. Paul and Barnabas are going to walk in another direction and Paul in another direction. And then I believe both of them are still praying for each other. I believe both of them are still praying for a time of reconciliation. I believe that both of them are still praying, you know, for the time of that friendship will be back again. And it does. When you see now Paul testified, in the book of 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, verse 11, Paul said to Timothy, Take Mark with you, and he will be helpful for the ministry. You know, when the reconciliation comes, it's so powerful. It's becoming a medicine, you know, that falls into our wounded and to heal any broken situation, any broken relationship, when you come into the part of reconciliation, it's praise. You know, it's praise because there's healing. You don't remember anymore all the ugly things that's happened to us, but you see that we come together, that's the best thing. And that's what happened, that all those three parts in life, you know, really encouraged me in my life, you know, to see if there is thing that happened between me and my brother, I believe the Lord not going to let it stay the way as it is going to bring them together. Your hope. 
You know, we, we need to... Oh, but this morning, our title is The Ministry of Jesus' Kingdom. And then, on the ministry of Jesus' kingdom, one thing that I found, Jesus is very concerned about his kingdom. He's very concerned about his kingdom. He's very care about his kingdom. He's so compassionate about his kingdom. When we turn to the book of Exodus 4, if you have your Bible, can you turn that with me, please? Exodus 4, we're going to read one verse there. It's verse 31. Excuse me. Verse 31. To understand more, you know, we can come back to uh, the whole chapter, but I'm going to read for you. You know, let me start with verse 29. And then that's, we're going to have a better picture of it. Moses and Aaron brought together all the elders of the Israelites, and Aaron told them everything the Lord has said to Moses. He also performed the signs before the people, and they believed. And when they heard that the Lord was concerned about them, there, and had seen their misery, they bowed down and worshipped. When they knew that Jesus, that God, is concerned about their misery, their suffering, you know, their beating in Egypt, you know, and then they said, now I heard there is, there is the God that really uh, 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 care for us. And then what they do? They bow down and worship him. There is freedom in worship. There is freedom in worship. That's when you understand the, 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 the magnificence of God. You understand the powerful that, that God is. They bow down and worship him. The ministry of Jesus' kingdom is life-giving. Is life-giving. And then we just read that in the book of Mark. And if we come in back, you see the purpose of Jesus coming. And then, and then the, before Jesus left heaven to the earth, there is, a, a, there is something that happened in heaven before he came. And then let's see, in the book of uh, uh, Isaiah 61, verse 1, this is what happened. It says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. He didn't come in on his own, you know, just uh, on a flesh way only. But he said, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. The good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim a freedom from, for, the captive, for the captives and release from darkness for the, the, for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he closed that. And we found that in the book of Luke, 
the fourth chapter, you know, and then when Jesus get here, he took that scripture and read it, and then before he got to the second part, he closed the book. Because there is two major prophecies here. There is one who come into his term, there is one to come into his end, but the other one is, is to come. And then he didn't touch that. He stayed there, and, and, and this one that going to his, his term, who is going to, to be accomplished. That the time that we are today. And then, and then it says, you know, the reason I come, the reason I, re- I received that power, the reason I, you know, the Lord anointed me, the reason God, the sovereign God, you know, put that power on me is for me to be able to give freedom, you know, to those in prison, give, uh, you know, to, to release, uh, you know, those who are under condemnation of sin, under condemnation of Satan. Under the dominion of Satan of anyhow. And then uh, <clears throat> Jesus is the king. He is the king of kings. There is no other king than Jesus alone. All that we heard, they have so limitation and then they can die and die and die. But the one that we have, listen, who is it? Jesus Live in heaven as king. He came to this earth, king. He born in flesh, king. He lived on earth, king. He died, king. He resurrected, king. And then, he will be back from heaven, king, soon. Very soon. And this is the king of kings that we are serving. This is the king of kings who is our leader. And then, in the book of Isaiah 32, I love this verse. Verse 22. Everyone, turn your Bible to there. I give you a lot of time to look at it. There is a, three parts of the government. We found Jesus... He is the ruler over all those three. And then I found a plus. Not only three, but they, in, in this world kingdom, there is three branches of the government, right? But in Jesus' kingdom, I found it's even four. Because there is one of them that's so great. Let's read that together. For the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. It is he who will save us. All those three first, the first three parts, we found here justice, you found the making of the wolves, and then we found executive, the one who can say, okay, go to war. And then uh, that's the role of the presidents. Go to war, go to this, go to that. But uh, the fourth one, we can't find anyone in this world that can, that can say it, that can do it. That's only Jesus who came from heaven and then uh, who rules and then who say, I am the Savior of the whole world. And he came to so the, the, the fourth part, he is the life giver. He is the life giver. He can give life. He can change life. No matter even if you die, He can make you, He can give you life again. And then, 
When you are in Jesus, you under a kingdom that's safe. You under a government that cannot crash. You under a government that cannot get mystic. You know, you under a, a, a government, you know, there is no failure on it. They will not going to call each other, come in here, come in there, because there is a problem on the, on the system. Because uh, he is uh, the great God, the creator of the universe. This is the Jesus that we serve. This is the king that we walk under his rule. In the ministry of Jesus, kingdom, healing plus faith equal healing and deliverance. That's what happened here in the book of Mark. The men who were sick, you know, the Bible tells us about how people who got leprosy, they are out of other people. They are lonely. They They can't get relationship. You know, if they come in here on this world, according to the book of Leviticus, the 13th chapter, I'm going to read one verse there for you, but read the whole thing to see what happened. Leviticus 13 and 14. But uh, in Leviticus 13, verse 30, verse uh, 45, this is what it says. The person with a sedge and infectious disease must wear torn clothes. Let Let his hair be unkept. Cover the lower part of his face and cry out, unclean, unclean. Always have, you know, a, a sound, you know, when he's coming. You know, wherever word that is coming, he have to call, I am coming, I am unclean, I am not pure, I am not somebody. I can't get close with people. That's hurt. You know, that's hurt. Even when you see people, you know, who got what they call racism, you know, see how that hurt. And then also, that sickness, it was more than, you know, racism on that time. Because if you, if you racist, but you, got, you can have somebody racist just like you. Right? But for this sickness, you know, it's alone. You're alone. And we don't know how many people who got suicide because of this sickness. But now... This man heard that there is a Savior. There is a man that came on earth. He heard, you know, mighty things that happened before what Jesus did. And then what Jesus still can do. And then he heard that Jesus in the town and then he just running and approached to Jesus. For the first time that happened to somebody have the liver, the leprosy, and come in to somebody and touch him. This man come in and he didn't look at Jesus' face, but he come in on Jesus' feet. That showed the power of humble, humbleness. That show you know that 
he, he knew his position. He knew he's not supposed to be even there, but uh, he just wants something, his faith, you know. And then what Jesus did, he says, today I will not go back home the way I was. I was in a pain and a suffering for my, all, for my life, and then now it's a time for deliverance, and I will not let you go, Jesus, until you heal me. And then he remained on Jesus' legs and Jesus' feet. The leper heard about Jesus. And I said, you know, what Jesus can do. He placed his faith in Jesus. He made a determination. He made a determination. An irrevocable act of decision that he made. He said, I need to be healed. And this morning, you as a Christian, you know, there is time, you know, life seems like it's going to crash you down, but remember that you made a decision, you made a determination to see Jesus. And say, I will not let the circumstances make me apart from him, but I will stay on the feet of Jesus. I will cry for victory. Get perseverance. He was humble and repent and asking for forgiveness. Just when you read on the book of First uh, John, First uh, John one, verse nine. 1 John chapter one. Chapter 1, verse 9. See what it says. If you confess, if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just and will forgive our sin and purify our and purify us from all unrighteousness. He don't say I will I will do some of them. He doesn't say I'm going to heal you only physically, you know, but he said I'm going to do the whole work. I'm not going to let some I start some and leave some, but he said I'm going to clean all your unrighteousness. Whatever situation, whatever sin, whatever problem, whatever you, know, you had in your life, I'm going to cleanse you. But one thing you need to do, you want to present them into Him. Present them to Him, and He will hear. But you know, the book said, you know, Jesus looked at this guy and He gave him hand. He said, I am willing. He take his hand. He said, stand up. Look at me. You don't need to be afraid of me. That's my mission. That's, my, that's the purpose that I am here. Yeah. Don't, you know, you know, and then uh, you already do your part. Yeah. You already, you know, come to me. You, you bow down. You repent, you know. You don't have to worry anymore. Just only thing. Stand up and look at me now. Yeah. I am going to make you well as 
I'm going to do for every and single one. Don't worry. This morning, don't let your sin put you down. There is a place you need to bring it. Bring it into the feet of Jesus. And He will free you. With your problem, your situation, your doctor's news. This day you hear a lot of doctor's news. Said, you know, I'm sorry, you know, to tell you that news, but you have cancer. I'm sorry to tell you in a few days you're going to die. Or in a few years. But Jesus never said that to people. Because he is the healer. Because he is the one who can heal. Whoever come to him and come to him with your heart, come to him with the attitude that he likes, that he wants to, and then you will not come back the same. He will give you testimony. He will give you word. He will make you become his follower, a preacher, to others. And Jesus have compassion on him. He healed him. He healed him physically. Physically, He healed him emotionally. And he heals him spiritually. He healed him in total, complete cleanness. You know, and then gave him a new skin. A new life. That's how when you come to Jesus... In the second Corinthians 5, he says, you know, when you come to Jesus, you become in a new creation. The old thing has passed, but a new thing come. That's the purpose to come to Jesus, because he takes the whole, the old, the old stuff, he takes them. I don't know what he does with them, but he takes them. You will never see them again, and then give you a new life. That's what he did. He gave this man a new beginning of life. But he gave him he gave him a severe warning. A strong warning. Please do not tell anyone about this news. Don't tell anyone who heals you. Don't tell anyone where that happening. Did he obey that? Did he do that? No. What do you think about it? Think that something the men just disobey Jesus? I don't make a judgment on that. I'm, I don't really discuss that too much. But now, why? One thing that I see in that, if I am probably on the place of this man, probably I will do the same thing. Because I see the, the man was so excited. About the way, you know, he used to say, clean, unclean, unclean. And then now you go into a new world, you know, running, you know, see his body, you know, there is no pain on him, there is no wound, there is no, you know, juicy thing coming on him, there is no smelly thing coming on him. You're not going to excited about that? Oh, man, I will be just like the people who play the football when they run and then just feel like, you know, so excited. You know, no pain anymore. Pain is not sweet. It is not sweet. You know, I don't like pain. You know, sometimes you know, when I got cold, coughing, you know, 
sometimes I try to hold it in and to not cough, and it come and boo. But you know, pain is terrible. But when it, it, the man was so excited, listen, listen, that the man was excited to see himself, you know, uh, smell no more, no longer lonely, you know, will be back to his family members as a clean person, you know, and found himself so and found someone who so care for him, and finally, he no longer has a dead sickness. He no longer has a dead sickness. That's so excited. You know? And then uh, Jesus told him, you know, don't tell that. Don't tell anyone. Go to the priest. According to the law that Moses put in place, Go tell the place, you know, that you get healed and then you will testify about for, for others to hear. But the man start his work before he see the priest. Maybe he might see the, it might take me time to see the priest. Maybe I have to get scheduled to see the priest. I can't wait anymore. That thing is so good. It's so good news. I can't hold it for myself. For long, I need to express that to others. And then he starts singing just like, Mo, just like David. Remember on Psalm 51, where David sinned against, you know, with Bathsheba? And then he comes in Psalm 51 and asks God, Have mercy on me, O Lord. I know that I sinned against you and you alone. But when, uh, when he saw that and saw himself, you know, get healed, you know, and then he comes to the Psalm 103. Psalm 103, and he starts praising, he said, Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgive all sin, who heal all your, all your diseases. How can I forget that? When, uh, you know, David realized that and David, you know, wrote this song. But, you know, that's, that's the same way I feel this man feel. And then he come back to the verse 11. He said, For as high as the heaven are above the earth, so great is the love of, for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgression from, from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. A song of rejoicing. A song of thanksgiving. A song of gratitude of what the Lord has done. And many times, me and you, we forgot. We're excited of what happened. Oh, we're excited we, we, we win the battle. We're excited, you know, things happen. We're excited we passed the class. We're excited of many things, but we forgot the one who make us pass all this. Come back. Think about this guy who cannot wait to tell others the good news, the good news that the Lord has done for him. The real kingdom, I want you to get that. The real kingdom ministry based on the power of the real friendship 
and a practical of relationship or in a faithful loving community. I'm going to repeat that again. A real kingdom ministry based on the power of the real friendship and the practical of a real relationship or in a faithful and loving community. When we get into the second chapter, we see what happened there. Where the four fellows saw the misery. They saw, you know, the friend that got sick. And then they bring them to Jesus as they heard Jesus in the town. But what happened there? When they got into the place where Jesus, where Jesus was, the place where surrounded, there is crowd. And, then, and Jesus inside, they could not see Jesus. They could not yell. They could not, you know, do anything because it, it's impossible. They look at the door. Front door, it's, it's crowd. Back door, it's crowd. Windows, you know, people just cover them. The only possible way they see they put this man down. And then they start thinking. They start thinking. And then they think there is a, there is a thought that comes into one of them and says, you know, this is what we're going to do. We're going to make it possible. We're not going to come in back with this man the way we come with him. We're not going to carry that home today. We're going to make it possible. The faith of this man, the faith of this man, make him, you know, come in to the wolf and start digging. I don't know if they're digging, take some walk and start digging, because I don't know they they know they have to bring a hammer with them. You know, but God make a way. That's why we say faith can make way where it seems there is no way. Just like we sing, God can make ways where it seems there is no way. You know, and then now the faith of these four brothers who see this, the situation of their fellow, and then they're, you know, going to the wolf. And then they lay him down before Jesus. And then you see all the crowds stay outside, and this man get into there before them. Because of the power of faith or the power of friendship, the power of real friendship, the power of real relationship, the power of a wonderful community where one another understand the need of each other. In a real friendship or community, people seek to know the need of others and how to meet the need of others. It's not just knowing it, but to be a part of it. That's what we call compassion. Compassion is, is to suffering, is to be in the situation, be a part of the situation with your brother, with your sister, with your fellow. You not let him go in on it alone. He cannot, you know, you, when you are there for him. Even you can resolve it, but you are there. You are there. And I don't have no greater word to explain the word compassion than what we read on second chapter, Mark. 
the four brothers who were digging the wolf. You know? Going on the wolf to make way for, his, for their fellow to find healing. There is no greater way I can explain it. And then uh, uh, the second part of it, the second part is in Luke 10, verse 30 to 37, where Jesus, where there is a, a great man that come into Jesus, you know, question Jesus, and Jesus tell him what to do, and then he tried to justify himself. He tried to be perfect. And then Jesus tell him, you know, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. You need to do the same thing that happened on the road of Jericho. What happened there? Let me read a little bit for you on Luke 10, verse 30 to 37. It says, um, A man was going down to Jerusalem to Jer- from Jerusalem to Jericho when uh, he fell into the hand of robbers. They striped him of his clothes. But, no, excuse me, uh, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when, when he saw the man, he passed, by, uh, he passed by on the other side. So, to a Levite, when he came to the place to saw him pass by to the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came, came where the man was. And when, when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounded, pouring on oil, and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two dinners and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him. He said, and when he returned, he will reimburse you for any extra expenses you may have. Who can do that? You know, the man, the, 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 the Samaritan, considered as people that unholy, people who not really have a relationship with the Lord, with, with, with God. You know, they consider them, you know, that these people don't have faith in God. But the priests who go and where? They go and maybe going on his service. Going to preach, maybe. Maybe going to a prayer time. The Levite are going to prepare all the things in the church, you know, for the service. They're too busy. They're running. The time, you know, just pass by. They can't, you know, stop and minister to this man. But the one who really have Jesus' heart, the one that really have Jesus' heart, he come into the brokenness. 
He came to the lonely one on the road on a pen by himself, on a son maybe. And then uh, he found him and started, you know, take care of him. By himself, he put him on the donkey. Can you imagine that? Because he, he just tried to not hurt him more. And then he tried to be careful how he touched him. To put him on the donkey and follow this word with him, you know, to bring him into the inn. That's love. That's compassion. Nothing else can do that people who have the heart of Jesus. That's, true. That's the reason you know, Jesus called us to have this heart. And Jesus tells, he commands this man, you know, go and do the same. If you thought you were perfect, if you thought you want to be perfect, go and do the same. Understand the situation of others. Make you available, you know, to help others. Put your hand into the act, you know, of others, into the problem of others. Participate in it. In the power, you know, love. In First Corinthians 13, you're talking about if you, if you, if you even give your body to, to be burned, if you don't have love, it's nothing. If you speak the language of, you know, of heaven, you know, the, the, the angel, you don't have love, you are nothing. You are nothing. I cannot, I cannot understand that. If I care for someone until I can die, but I don't have love. It, it sounds like so strange for me. But you can do all this thing, but you don't have love. Because sometimes you want to do something for somebody who can come in and praise you back. Somebody that can give you back what you did for them. That's not called the love of Jesus. That's called the love of self. But not the love of Jesus. But the love of Jesus, it gave where it need. And then it's not expect anything back. And then it says, uh, you know, verse 7, it says, It's love, always protect, always trust, always hope, and always persevere. You know? The man, uh, they love the brother. They want him to be like them. Do their own thing. Go and, you know, uh, take care of their own family. And, uh, you know, they see that can be better if we got somebody, you know, in our community who can, who can take care of themselves. And they bring him to Jesus with faith. They said, you know, we will, we will not come back to you the way you come. And in First uh, John 3, 16, Jesus said, you know, there, John said to Jesus, to, uh, John, Jesus said to John, on 1 John 3, 16, this is love. Those who lay down their life for their friend. But you also, you and me, we must lay down our lives for others. He's not going to kill yourself on the cross. That's not going to make anything. It's not what he's talking about. He's talking about understand. Understand why we are together. Understand the, the relationship. Understand, you know, the, the vision that we have. Understand where we're going. 
when the trumpet sounds. There will be no, you know, there is no, there is no place that you're going to do that again when you are in heaven or wherever you're going to. But now it's the time to accomplish those things. What is what faith can do? Faith can open all ways, all the ways that seem impossible. It is hard to say yes to that, but it is. That's what is it. It is the fact. Faith can open all ways that seem impossible. The wolf, it seems like something impossible. They might say, oh, this guy are crazy because they're upset, they're angry about Jesus who, who hiding himself in there, and then they're coming in there and broke the house on Jesus. But it wasn't that. They were doing something that's greater than what the people can think. The faith of the four friends move and melt Jesus' heart. Jesus saw their faith, their imagination, and their commitment that they made for their, for their friend. And because of that act, Jesus healed the paralyzed. He says, take your mat, mat and, get, and walk. And walk. Take your mat and walk. And this morning, there is something that's very important to see here. Take your mat means, you know, I am not going to, I'm not going back to that place again. I am not going back to that place again where Jesus takes me from. I don't want to come in back there because I want to walk in a new way with Jesus. I'm not going to come into my old thing again. I am going, you know, I'm going to a new life. I'm going in a new direction with Jesus. Take your mat. Don't leave it there for you not come back and lay down on it again. Go with it. And, uh, but you know, this man who lack the, 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 the God, who lack Jesus, you know, godliness, and they start whispering themselves. Who this man is who tell people, get up, you know, who tell people the sin are forgiving? Who this man is? I think only God alone who can do that. But who is Jesus? They don't understand, they don't know who is Jesus. They lack something. Jesus is God, and Jesus saw that, and Jesus said to the, to the, to the, to the man, I told you, take your mat and walk. No one can stop Jesus to do what he wants to do for you. Only, only you who can stop the blessing of Jesus to come to you. No one, no wall, no nothing, no government, no, you know, absolutely no countries that can, you know, if God wants to bless you to make it, to make it impossible. One thing you need, you need faith. In Jesus. What is faith? I cannot explain faith better than Hebrews 11.1 and 11.6. I love 11.6. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hmm? It is impossible to please God without faith. 
And I realize the four men, they have faith in Jesus. They have pleased Jesus. And Jesus said, yes, I'm going to heal them because of their faith. What is faith? Faith in the Lord Jesus is a fire to bring heat to the fog and make it to disappear. It is a hammer to break walls, a boat to cross the deep and large ocean, and the eyes to see what is in horizon. Faith is a good soil where the people of God are sown their seed and never have to worry about the weather no matter dry or rainy or even snowing. Faith is a fertile ground in which God moves. He plants qualities and faithful people which become admired anywhere. This is faith. God do miracles. He's still working miracles. What he did yesterday, he can do it today. The book of Hebrews said he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This morning, if you have a problem, if you have a, a sickness, or if you have any situation in your relationship, you know, that's becoming a bug, that's becoming, a, you know, a, a, a disease for you, a pain, Bring it into God. Don't fight with it alone. Don't fight with it, you know, just, just in your human way. Bring it into Jesus' feet. He can make it possible for you, just like he did for these people that we see in Mark. And finally, I want to talk to you quickly about a great man. A man of a triple P's, or three P's, P-P-P. This man, he has what they call power. He got, you know, uh, position and possession. And that man have a sickness. Same as the first fellow we're talking about on Mark, 4, on Mark 1, verse 40. This man have leprosy. His name is Naaman. And Second King five. And Second King five, they said the great man. He's so he's a valiant man. He's a hero. But this man have a sickness that cannot be healed by any doctors of this world. But you know there is a slave girl that finally get into his house and then telling him about the good news where he can find healing. And then uh, when the girl said, you know, there is a prophet in, in Israel. If you go there, you know, and present yourself to him, you might find healing. And then, uh, you know, maybe the girl wasn't have too much, too close relationship with with name, and he, he talked to, to his wife. She talked to his wife and told him about that. 
And his wife went and then put it, you know, wisely before him, you know, and then he heard that, and then he went to the king and tell the king, this is what I heard, you know, and what, what are you going to do? And the king so happy about it, and wrote a letter and sent to the king. And when the, when the letter got to the king, the king was upset. The king of Israel was upset. He, he thought, you know, the, 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 that, that king asked him for war. But it's the way God moved. You know? And then uh, when he got the, he, the prophet heard about that. Elisha heard about that. Elisha said, no. Don't, don't, don't be angry. Let him come to me. You know? Yes, there is healing. There is power. There is healing here for him. And what happened? The man started the process well. He started the process well, but his position or his outer eyes made him fall short. He didn't do what the, what the prophet told him to do. The prophet told him, go in, jump in this water, on this river, seven times. Seven times. He don't say, you know, 12 or 20 or 100 times. He said, seven times. That's the message that I received from above. I can't do anything else. If you want to be healing, do it. But the man decided to not do it. He come back home. He don't take the grace. He don't take the opportunity to be healed, to get out from that sickness. It was doubt on his heart. And the book of James said, if you have doubt in your heart, you won't receive what you ask for. That's, that's another thing that can make opposition for your blessing to come in. He can lock your blessing. Doubt. And then, uh, when he gets back, the same girl comes in directly now to him. Not passed by his wife, but he, she come in and she said, you know, if the prophet tells you to do something greedy, what you do it? And then uh, they, they, they talk about it like this. This morning, I ask you, if Jesus tells you to pay an amount of money to get salvation, what you do it? To have life, what you do it? But it is free of cost. You don't have nothing to pay. And the man heard that and he coming back. He coming back with his money, with all the things that he think he need. He went back. And then he come to the, to the prophet. I want to, I want to jump. I want to jump seven times. I want to do it. And then when he started, he joined one, two, three, four, five, seven. And seven, Bible said he come in like a young boy. Just like, I can say, just like when you got a baby who just get out from the stomach of the mom. You pass your hand on it. That's so sweet. That's so, you know, smooth. That's how his skin becoming. And then uh, now, this man immediately, he got testimony. And what he says, he says, Oh, I'm realized. I was so regret about my first time. Hmm? With God, there is no place that have God than in Israel alone. 
He got a great testimony. He realized there is God, where he is, all his power. They are nothing but the power of the God of the people of Israel. That's what the power, that's where the power is. Because there is power to heal there. There is power to, to change circumstances there. The man decided to be here. In Jesus' kingdom, you cannot let your position, power, or possession make a decision for you. It's not going to work. In Jesus' kingdom, you cannot let your physical eyes choose for you. You must make your, your decision with your heart. You must listen carefully and decide wisely. You must choose to obey, humble, not resist. Because God is resist the people who is pride. If you got pride in your heart, God is going to resist you. But uh, don't resist with God and then say, Yes, Lord, I want your blessing. Take the opportunity. Accept the opportunity. You know, act in faith, not by sight. This morning, the invitation is for you. If you got something that's coming impossible for you, don't come back with it. Leave it in Jesus' feet. Laying on his feet. Let his blood come upon it. Because the purpose he comes here according to Isaiah, and then to give you great joy. Don't go back with your sadness. Don't go back with what you fight with, and then you will never do it in your own. Your relationship, the thing that you struggle with, don't come back with it. This morning, you know, the offer of healing and cleansing is available right now, without no cost, no money, nothing you need to pray. One thing you need to do, just humble yourself to the feet of the Savior. We're going to ask the worship team to come in. May you accept to take the opportunity and be healed for eternity. May you accept this morning that Jesus is the healer, he is the problem resolver, he is the way. And then uh, the book of Hebrews said, Jesus is never lie. It is impossible for him to lie. May you take your chance today and say, yes, Lord. I make many mistakes in my life. I even judge people negatively. I even, Lord, go to the place that I'm not supposed to, Lord. Lord, uh, I, sometimes I can't even control my tongue. Lord, I, I, you know, I'm, I, I think you know differently, Lord. But today I hear you, Lord. And I want to leave him in your feet, Lord. I don't want to be alone. I don't want to feel lonely. I don't want to feel, Lord, that I have a sickness that makes me in distance from others. But Lord, I want you to change my life. My, give me a new direction.
Lord, I always come back, you know, to my old math, Father God. But today, Lord, as I heard, Father God, I don't want to come back there again. I'm tired of it. He's wearing me down. And Lord, I'm going to trading for your joy. Let us stand. The altar is open. Just come. Just come. Just come.